Hello, all. Welcome back to the We Need to Talk Club podcast. This is the Girlfriends Talking Girlfriends series. I am one of your hostesses, Tamaya. Let's go down to the West Coast or over to the West Coast. Please introduce yourself, madam. Hello, this is Esther. I'm excited. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> I thought you had something else. Now let's go to South Jersey. Please introduce yourself, madam. What it do, Shorty? Oh no! <laughs> it felt so unnatural. It's all that rap talk. Okay, <laughs> right. Please refer um, to our mini topic coming up this Wednesday. Carry on. It's it's Tilly's. I don't know why I said Tilly. So I was gonna say T to the A to the L, and then I realized that would have been a, too long of a commitment. This whole intro was too long of a commitment. We're going to leave. Let's go down further south in hopes of something better. Please introduce yourself, madam. Of course you're getting something better. That was better? Was that better? Was that better, really? I lost a lot. It's Shakima. What it is, what it ain't. ain't. You sounded like Archie Bunker's wife. With that, uh, please introduce yourself, Central Jersey. Last but not least, I got my t shirt and my panties on. (laughs) What (laughs) I was hoping this is a legit vibe. I'm I'm so much of an empath. I'm like, nope, she's gonna pick me last. I'm gonna sing that song. Hey, it's Ariana. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with you ladies. We are back again, guys. Girlfriends Talking Girlfriends, season three. We are on episode 13. Hopefully we can get to 14 because it's really, really juicy. So let's begin. Episode 13 recap. So both William and Joan are vying for this partner position within their law firm. They have been fighting and preparing for this position since season one. I kid you not. Finally, it is here. It is time. The bosses are picking a partner. And who do they pick? Neither one of them. They actually go for, they want diversity. Mind you, Joan is the only black woman in the law firm um, who's a lawyer. And William is the only black man who's a lawyer. Um, And so they were sure with the diversity claim, they were going to get picked. No, they went outside of the company and picked a whole new black woman to be the partner, which was very much so a spit in the face of both Joan and William, especially because they actually mentioned that part of the went into their decision was the support and the information and the work that Joan and William did for the company that had them look at this lady instead of them. I would feel hurt definitely. So at the end of that epi- at the end of that piece, Joan and William end up drinking at a um, club, in which in their drunken state, William states that you know we should go in there and tell them they need to make one of us partners or we out. We're gonna quit and start our own law firm. Joan in her drunken state agrees, but really in her sober state does not because in the next day in the meeting, it happens. William stands up, calls out the other person is not being, you know, worth the choice and says, choose me or I'm leaving. And he calls their bluff and leaves the company and Joan does not. And so they had a bit of a tiff, but they got over it. But guys, dang, William is no longer at the law firm with Joan. It was a pretty serious cut what do you guys think about the law i mean obviously i think i just stated my my um opinion when i was describing it what do you guys think about the way they law firm did them with hiring this extra person and skipping over both of them the way you know they stepped over them the way beyonce and kelly stepped over michelle i'm just saying 
thoughts, anyone, when you saw this episode? I feel like in the workplace, they always stepping over you. Hello. Like, like they got the people who worked there. Oh, my God, my last job. The people who were there the longest got fired first. Like, they don't care about you at work. I, I've really been talking this whole time about not caring about things. I got to work on myself. But anyway, they don't... <laughs> They don't care. And since they knew, I feel like since they knew Joan and, well, how did I forget his name? William. <laughs> William. Since they knew Joan and William, they probably didn't feel like high in them. I mean, up in them anyway. They like they got comfortable with them yeah. staying at where they were in their positions. Y'all, like, y'all where y'all at? Y'all are good little minions. We'll just mm. get to know. Mm. Fine who we can, I feel like, and they probably didn't even want to take direction from Jonah William too, either. Right, like they couldn't think of them in that position at that yeah. point. They were so used to them being underdogs at that point. What did you guys even think about Joan not joining William or William even stepping out? That Action was bold as hell. Impulse can get you effed up. Impulse will get you effed up? Yes. That should be on a, on a mug. Uh, Lisa, were you trying to say something? Or Ari? I feel like I saw both of you kind of motion. Well, he had clearly had enough. I mean, if you're in a, if you're climbing that corporate ladder, it it can become it's it's like a it can have a mental impact as well as a physical impact because you're already working yourself so hard, right? You're mm. working yourself harder than your uh, lighter peers because mm-hmm. you feel like you have to right? and right, right. when it gets to that point where it's like okay it, it's almost like you still the deal just for them to be like nope but we're going to take all of your ideas and put them yes. here with yep. someone else at that point you, you're you not valued No, mm-hmm. you don't feel valued there's no way you can show face at this office anymore, anymore knowing that they have Shat all over everything that you've worked so hard for. So, um, yeah, he was well within his right to leave, to bounce. As far as Joan, I could see why she wanted to stay. You had already put in all of this energy, this time. Let's see where you can go with it working under another Black woman, whereas before you were working under a bunch of white men. So mm-hmm. now you have a Black woman there. Let's see what you can do. Right. Lisa, were you saying something, honey? Oh, Kima, go. I was going to ask you, he had a plan, actually, or he just acted, actually acted on impulse? Because I'm not sure whether or not he really thought about it or was thinking about, like, I'm going to start my own. Yeah, he doesn't seem, at least by the next episode, he doesn't really seem like he's gotten that going just yet. Like, when Tony says she was going to start her own, by golly, that woman actually did it, like, within an episode span. But William still seems like he's trying to figure that out. And I was really hoping he had a bit of a stronger case. Like, you know, um, the way they were fine with his threats and the way he walked out and couldn't even pull anyone else with him. I was like, dang, why you ask everybody else to join you? You kind of losing, you know, like, you're losing the steam. Like, when he was like, what about you? Come on, don't let me go alone. I'm like, oh, no, not in front of everybody. Like, that's the kind of stuff you just text on the side in the group chat. Like, hey, who else willing? To come this way it was oof 
That's I think this, this also ties into affirmative action, right? Like that's a hot topic in politics right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of uh, people of color were hired into major corporations due to them having to hire people of color. People of color. <laughs> right. So, you mm. know, there's that piece too. So Right. Anybody else? What did you guys think about the new partner actually kind of approaching Joan at the end of the episode, basically threatening her and telling her to leave because she didn't feel like she was up to the job um, of staying and being under her. That was a bit intense. Like, again, impulse will get you effed up every time. But Lord knows my impulses was going when I watched that scene. Like, oh, Joan. I appreciated that um, scene because it. It's very, it rings very true to my world in sort of kind of corporate America and uh-huh. just like Western corporate culture because you def- there's still that prevalence, sadly, of there is only one seat at that table for one uh, minority. Uh, Jesus. Um, yeah. And so you are vying for that one just tiny little not even a full seat right just a little space in that room that's messed um, up and when it's giving to somebody else that person still sees you as competition because obviously they're aware that you wanted that position yourself yeah and wrongly or rightly they are then going to operate under the assumption that either you're going to undermine them or Mm -hmm. you're just not going to fully perceive them as your uh, supervisor your leader or just overall like somebody who is worthy of that position and so there are this very subtle but extremely real um assumption being made on both sides right both Joan and um goodness I forgot her name uh the character the the new partner oh oh, girl I wasn't even trying you realize I avoided saying her name the whole time let's call it a new partner we know you talk about yeah new partner (laughs) and the new partner um because we especially black women are usually given the tiny little scrap the morsels after almost everybody else has been served within the corporate leadership structure agreed all right all right i think that was episode 13 we did it y'all <laughs> one episode and are sliding into the next one ladies and gentlemen we're back we could talk about two episodes and one again. All right, episode 14. So episode 14, William is not figured this stuff out yet. In fact, he is so lonely um, and missing the life of the uh, corporate world that he is actually squatting at Lynn's job, pretending to be someone he is not. I believe he said his name was Reginald or something. And is acting as if he works there. And they're both keeping each other's secrets because Lynn is lying about a birthday to get some birthday cash and he's lying about his job in order to have the camaraderie again. Meanwhile, 
the juiciest topic I think here is Maya. Maya and Jabari are still living rent free at Joan's house, and um, Maya actually meets another single mother. Does anyone remember her name? You got two seconds. I want to say Tony. I don't know why. I don't think they did Tony because there's already a Tony. All right, right. other single mother. That's it. So other single mother she meets at the job. They kind of click, hit it off. And Maya is in a situation where she is Maya's in a situation where she is feeling all the pressures of being a single mother and how tough and hard that is. And as she is creating this new camaraderie with this other single mother, the other single mother apparently was cheated on, went through a divorce, and has a whole nother way of surviving single motherhood than Maya does. And um, even I think Maya even kind of acts like she was the victim as well, and not that she cheated on her husband in order to kind of keep that connection between the two. This woman is literally encroaching upon Maya's ideals and lifestyle and making her kind of blow up her own personal life in the process in the process so first off she's loose she um uh, gets an argument with joan because she invites a single mother over who installs illegal cable shout out to all the the cable boxes back in the day mm-hmm. and getting them bad boys wired so we could see a little bit of something something you know some channels were staticky but you couldn't complain because you wasn't paying um, but yeah, shout out. That was a good flashback to me. But anyway, yeah, to uh, you because you're the only person I know that had it. Are you serious? Yo, rich, rich middle class, upper middle class <laughs> self. I'll get back to this anyway. I know some other people out there know what I'm talking about. Okay, so the cable boxes, Jones pissed off about that being installed in her house, especially since it's illegal. She gets in a fight with Maya. Maya's like, Well, we gonna move out. Boop you, boom. She, um, um, single mother lady is talking about her baby father, talking about how we are the victims. You need to go and, and, and get that divorce more strict, more specific, get some child support, get all that stuff through the divorce instead of the amicable divorce that was being planned by Maya and Darnell getting into Maya's ear about that to the point where Maya actually approaches Darnell and is like, I think we need to go back to, you know, go into court and do this divorce even more specific as if I'm the victim and all this jazz and I can't trust you. Darnell, like, about, like, I you want to go there? We could go there because that's going to be nasty. That's going to turn out horrible. So you got Maya destroying her friendship with Joan, Maya destroying her relationship with Darnell and the and the um partnership they have raising this boy. And then Maya kind of getting into the whole illegal actions of this single mother as well. This episode was wild to me. Thoughts, please go thoughts well my first thought please regarding um maya and her single friend now that so when i watched this show on the first go around when it you know was on tv i remember very much you know being like oh this this single mom friend is just not good for her come on you have your girlfriends Maya they're there for you you know get it together all of that now being a married person myself and a parent I I feel torn because I see her side and saying hey you do need something and writing that clearly 
um, speaks about the duties. If you are co-parenting at different houses, like you're divorced, you're not together, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I am very much against the notion of making it hard, like pur purposely going out of your way to make it hard for the other parent. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's really just having things very clear um, so that we know we we know what our responsibilities are clearly and we don't have to constantly either bother each other or at the very least make it a game where ultimately our kids are having to play referee. Mm -hmm. uh, so in that way, I'm very much big proponent of if you're divorced and you need to co-parent uh, or just, you know, if you are separating and you need to co-parent, having something and you can use a mediator you don't necessarily have to go through the full-on courts and going all of that like having a mediator that helps you all break it down but having a piece of paper um that you can refer to because again just as we were talking way way back about having um oh my god what is it called not a a prenup um having some sort of um Custody Protection. arrangement clearly um, spelled out only benefits you all. Only benefits you all because again, again, you can say, okay, well, we agree. I have them this weekend. You have them this weekend. And we, I have these holidays. You have these holidays. So it's all out there. You can plan around it, right? Obviously, there's gonna be times where things um, come up. It's life, but for the most part, you can both plan around it, and your kids again, can have one little piece of stability and knowing where they're going, what they're doing, and how to navigate that space with you all. Agreed. Maya pissed me off in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I said it. She pissed me the hell off. Oh, and oh, pissed you off? And the way in which, number one, she, are, she came at Joan for oh. being upset that you guys broke her, like, she just all the she didn't she came at Joan as if she was doing Joan a favor and it doesn't oh, yeah. seem like Joan is the type who's like well you know you live in my house so I need you to do like she doesn't seem like the nitpicky type like that mm -hmm. she seems like I'm doing this you're my friend I don't want these you know I don't want your money I want you to be able to get on your feet do your own thing but at least respect my stuff and my space and we could I talk about that stuff. For I, me, I the way that. that I saw it was through that line, that phrase, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Because I think we got to the point where- Maya Oh, hell yeah. Because Maya was going you know, through a whole bunch and she was yeah, frustrated that she was bunch. a single mom. She didn't have a babysitter. That's what started the whole thing. Yes. And which she kind of went down this spiral of, I feel alone. I feel unsupported. And so attack, attack, attack from Joan to Darnell, just attack, attack, attack. And I'm being validated these feelings by this one person who is going this route. And so I feel like she's the route I need to take as well. Yes. What about you guys? Anybody else? Yeah, LaVita Elizé Jenkins uh, was a oh. <laughs> That's her real said. name, right? 
Or no, the name from Harvey Steve Show. Harvey Harvey Show. Show. Yeah. Uh, she was a whole trip in this episode. But I also think it came at a time where Maya needed something that looked similar to her life. Whereas mm. looks Okay, similar. empathy. <laughs> so, like she 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 drew from that but also the bad things as well so um and it is you know quote unquote the bitter baby mom the bitter ex whatever um trope that she was displaying um but it wasn't cute it's like you know your friend more than you know this 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 stranger but like i said she was i think she was just feeling lonely feeling like nobody understood her right very um, isolated in her situation yeah, her circumstance her yeah because nobody she was relatable her. yeah exactly yeah because none of her friends have children oh, or, or been married or going through divorce yeah correct correct and so she did seem like a light in a very dark tunnel for maya which i totally understand i hated the way she was reacting to everybody else i hate the concept of hurt people hurt people it is so freaking true i hate it still I've done it. I've been it. I hate it still. It is so jacked up the way one will lash out based off of whatever they're going through towards people who don't necessarily deserve it or don't see it coming. Um, that concept, though, guys, the bitter baby mama. Damn. I personal story without getting too personal. I growing up, I've heard of it seen it seen people complain about it um especially men's um yes the men's and I remember kind of thinking it was just a statistic it's just you know a story another story they made up of black women black single mothers you know it doesn't that that level of trifling just don't exist in our DNA and then I met some and it was one of the most disappointing things I remember. It was like one of the most disappointing things in my life to actually see like, no, don't tell me these people had had some type of, you know, carbon copy that they were talking about. They didn't just make this up from thin air or put us all in this box. And again, we're not a monolith. So yeah, we're going to have different kinds of different people out here. Not just, and it's not just black women, mm -hmm. but it is so disappointing the bitter baby mama trope that's actually accurate to a point where they can't think beyond themselves and their hurt and frustration. So they completely allow their children to suffer for the ish that they going through. And it's just, it was freaking horrible to see. I mean, I'm glad it was put out there, the reality of it. I'm glad the differences between Maya and this individual, I feel like we're highlighted in this episode mm -hmm. to show that, yes, she is a single. I'm glad that they made the baby mama a divorcee mm -hmm. because the statistic says she ain't even get to, to the freaking altar. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad at the very least they definitely made her a once married working woman mm -hmm. at the very least, but still highlighted that some of the the nature of the trifling people that in the statistics does exist it's like part of me felt frustrated that she was in this episode because we don't need that person highlighted i feel like because it's already perpetuated throughout our community and used within politics so freaking much to downplay us to talk about welfare even though 
people who benefit most from welfare are the white women, but still that's not the face you see when you hear the term or the mm -hmm. word and it's been designed that way. So mm -hmm. part of me felt a ways about having this individual, this character portrayed in this episode, while the other part of me felt like everyone's story needs to be told and every version of something needs to be told. And so it's, it is true. They out there. So yeah, what did you did you guys have any thoughts or reactions similar or different when this kind of bitter baby mama um character was brought to face brought to screen? Kima, Lisa, Ari. For me, it Esther. was less about the angry baby mama and more the overall trope of the angry black woman, um, like unnecessarily angry black woman, because um again just i i like to stay optimistic and believe that we as a society as a whole are being more open to going to therapy and and sort of process processing our traumas um so that we are healthy in that healthier in that way but Usually when you have that trope of the angry black woman of any sort, you know, angry black woman, you know, baby mama or angry black woman who's a career woman, you know, who doesn't have any days, whatever. Um, it's spin in a way where it's like, oh, there's no reason for them to be that way or, or that their level of emotion is unwarranted. And right. And I felt like they were fighting that at first within this episode. I still had that hope set aside for her because we didn't meet the father. So I was just like, well, her situation is just different. She needs to be this way and do these things. She has just cause. But then at the end of the episode, they tranced in that baby daddy. And he seemed like but, all the but, things a decent baby daddy could be. And that she was the unreasonable but here's the one. Thing, I feel that. I didn't, I think there was still some backstory that could explain her anger. Oh, yeah. She and that, that he yeah. didn't dispute. And, so, and, so, and, and that's what I'm trying to potentially kind of talk through with my words is that on one hand, I definitely, and and, and that's why it's so important when you are separated, right? When you the end of a relationship happens, but you still need to be in tandem because you have to co-parent, that it's extremely difficult. And I don't know if any of you has that experience, right? It's extremely difficult I've experienced um, to separate the end of a relationship and you know, all the hurt, all the grieving, all, you know, all of those, like, just very strong emotions that come mm -hmm. with, actually, if, it, if the end came because of betrayal and infidelity and all of those, you know, very difficult things, mm -hmm. but then having to, in a way, be... Stay in that relationship to an extent as yeah, a co-parent. stoic and, and, and the level-headed one, and basically having to operate on on the path of I still need to respect this person or I need I still need to um discuss the good trait of this person to my kids because I don't want them I don't want my relationship to affect 
der relationship acting logically you know? instead of emotionally correct yeah and, and, and it falls back to what you said hurt people hurt people yeah and and so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I I gave her a whole lot more grace this time around because of experiences that I've had thus far where I understand that you know sometimes you you, you want to be that you know that better person. person you want to be that great co-parent but the hurt is still so fresh that you act out a little bit you know yeah you lash <laughs> out and it's complicated yeah all right ladies last question then what were your thoughts on like from what I was saying that point of view because I definitely agree with Esther um about having these characters put on screen like I know for instance Tyler Perry has said aloud right the specifics of his his art and his his movies and stuff aside he's put aloud that a lot of people have an issue with his stories that he shares and publicizes because they are stories that they don't really want shared necessarily mm -hmm. the the illiterate family member or the quote-unquote ghetto one or the baby mama the bitter baby mamas and all the tropes and stuff that he includes in his storylines alongside the people that for lack of a better phrase the black people can be proud of or hold to a higher esteem the professionals the married couples etc 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 what are your thoughts about the type of people that are shown on screen we are not a monolith i get it but because we've had to fight so much in our history to to prove unfortunately ourselves um to an extent that we are number one human worthy all the things anything you can do i can do etc what's your thoughts about how we're portrayed in the media do you feel like him like yeah all these stories need to be told or do you have your own biases where you kind of look at certain things are like, oh, I feel like they're dang, all. Dang, you just had to bring us down, like blue face and that charade, whatever, girl. I feel like they're all. I I get him, because to me, I feel like there's always one person, at least one person you can see from the people that are portrayed on the screen. Mm -hmm. Me, my favorite person in the Martin series is Shanene. <laughs> I love I love And I always said she reminds me of my cousin Peanut. Well, Aunt Peanut. Peanut. <laughs> you know Peanut? Yeah, I know Peanut. Can you see it? Absolutely. Now, I was cracking up when I heard you actually had a cousin named Peanut and I met him. Yeah, but like to me. I see Shanae, I'm like, that is so peanut. Bougetto at its finest. But like, there's <laughs> always someone in your family who you can see on the screen. And so I don't mind seeing portrayals of people who you might not necessarily want to be. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, everybody needs to see themselves. I mean, it's it's good for everyone to see themselves. Even if that person's not you or who you want to be, they still exist. Right. So. Agreed. Anybody else before we close out? Ari, Lisa, Esther? Well, I think Kima makes a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. yeah, I think and normalizing all the different shades that we come 
and not just in color, but just personality, lived experiences, and presenting as this is just another point of view, another uh, story, you know, from somebody that we possibly might know in our lives. Um, it 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 gives us depth as you true. know black Very people true. as women as all of these things in the media because we obviously like as Kima beautifully shared we know we know these characters we have them we're intimate with them as family members friends co-workers all of that so for them for us to see them portrayed on the screen is why representation matters totally agree and it also helped us see that uh, Maya, she played this part, like the quote-unquote ghetto uh, resourceful uh-huh. person before we met Lavita uh, Alizé Jenkins because before it was her and Peaches and girl, you better go down there and get this. And then we met somebody who's like, oh, we can turn it up. And this is the result. <laughs> <laughs> so, excellent, cool. excellent point, ladies. Thank you. Thank you all. And thank you, audience, for listening to another episode of the We Need to Talk Club podcast. This was your Girlfriend Talking Girlfriend series. We will be back, of course, in two weeks with another Girlfriend Talking Girlfriends episode. Remember to follow us, review us, support us on all your podcast listening platforms. Always be heard. Visit our We Need to Talk Club website to check out what other podcasts we have. And until we need to talk again. Bye. Bye. Bye.